Welcome, everyone. Today on the show, we have two individuals who were nominated to the Internal Audit Beacon Awards. We have Jamie Shine, Corporate NIT Audit Manager at QuickTrip, and Ab Garin, Managing Director, Audit Executive Advisory Services. Welcome, both of you. Great to be here. Great to be on the show. Thank you. Wonderful. Yes. So, uh, you know, being nominated, of course, is a reflection of your knowledge and the thing that you do for the profession. So I am not only happy, but honored to have you here and to be able to chat with you about a few things that I believe are very important to the profession. And I believe you'll agree they are as well. So let's begin with certification and certificates, right? We're, we're very much focused on education. And one of the things that I would like to run by you is, what do you think about certifications uh, along the way, right? Not only taking classes, but that specific designation that you get in some cases where some letters are added to your name. What does that mean? And is it really worth it? What do you think, Jamie? Well, first of all, I think certification is so valuable for so many reasons. First of all, you learn so much through the certification process when you're studying the materials. I have four certifications. I have my CIA, my CISA, my C-RISC, and my CRMA. And all four of those were very directly applicable to my job. Those are certifications I've gotten over the course of about 11 or 12 years. And each time I got one, it was something that was very valuable. But also, I like to think of auditors as process doctors, right? We're our organization's doctors. We help make sure that they're healthy and we help recommend improvements when they're not healthy. Would you go to a doctor who wasn't licensed? I wouldn't, right? That doctor might be brilliant. They might've had all the training. They might've gone through medical school, but if they didn't pass their medical exam, I probably wouldn't let them do surgery on me. And I like to think of it as the same thing for us. I think our certifications are so critical in proving that we have the qualifications, that we can provide valuable advice, that we can provide assurance. And it just gives that confidence and that assurance to our audit clients. Yes, you learn a lot during the process. I totally agree with that. And of course, enhance your credibility when you're interacting with your clients. Uh, what's your experience with this and what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, no, and, and I agree with everything Jamie said. You know, the, the, the perspective of self-learning needs to come first. It isn't the designation, you know, because... You know, you can be a good test taker, get the designation and and still not know much of anything, you know, but in the end, it is the self-learning process. But let's come at it also from the other angle. Unfortunately, sometimes using somewhat Jamie's example, the designation, the degree, the designation is a proxy for knowledge and how others look at you. So... I know I did it. I'm sure it's still being done by many CAEs. I demonstrate to the audit committee the commitment to the profession and the knowledge by the certifications in aggregate my staff have. If I'm going to apply for a job somewhere else, you know, I'm going to be sure I include all of those certifications and designations I have to differentiate myself in a crowded marketplace. So I think you need to look at it from both perspectives. It's the development and self-learning because otherwise you'll just hate every minute of studying and preparing for the exam. You're just going through the motions. But once you get past that, you also have to realize that it is about others' perceptions of you. Right. And, 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 and in a competitive marketplace, you know, you want to be marketable. You know, you want to be differentiated. And that's one way to do it. 
I totally agree. I believe that uh, in many organizations, they look at a bachelor's degree, and that's just to, to get you that interview and even get started in the job. You get in. But in terms of your advancement and when you're thinking strategically about your career, then that is probably something you want to consider seriously because it's going to help move you, like you said, uh, above the rest and, and show that you're really committed and, and that it's going to also, I, I also see some intangibles or subjective elements as well. So, for example, the, the fact that you are determined, right, the fact that you are focused, the fact that you are committed, uh, the discipline that you must have also to study on your own for the most part, right? So I think that there's also some personal attributes that are reflected throughout uh, or, or uh, across the designation themselves that someone who has them, those are personality traits that you can in some case extrapolate from that as well. Now we have certain uh, certifications uh, and designations that we usually pursue and, and Jamie, you mentioned several of those where the CIA, CRMA and, and several others, CISA, uh, and many others, but I believe that there are others as well that are starting to show up in the marketplace that we may also want to give some thought. Now, I definitely continue to to endorse, uh, and, and I definitely did that as well many years ago with the CIA and, and others, but looking in terms of, for example, things around security or, or cloud or project management or construction audit, broad, right? We have a number of other specialties that uh, we may want to look at as well. And a lot of it would probably be along the lines of two things. I see it as far as what is your job about, maybe construction focus or, or something like it, or in terms of where you, we want your career to go. So that being the case then, what are your thoughts about that, uh, Jamie, as far as maybe branching out a little bit strategically for that reason? I think that's a great idea, Hernan. And I think you have to figure out, just like you said, what are the certifications that are going to help me be a better auditor for my organization? And then what are the certifications Certifications that are going to help me in the future because we always want to be forward looking. So one of the ones in my case was the C-RISC. That's an IT certification. It wasn't something IT risk management. It wasn't something that you would say, oh, well, you're an internal auditor at QuickTrip. You should definitely get the certification. But as I and my CAE, we co-facilitate our ERM process. So it became valuable from that standpoint. Also from doing so many IT audits, it became valuable. And so when I was looking at my next certification, that was the one that I identified that I thought would bring the most value, even though it was a little bit outside of the box. I definitely think project management certifications are valuable. What I'm working on next is trying to get up to speed on a tool called Qualtrics because I'm starting to use a lot of surveys in my consulting reviews and I wanna learn how to do a good job of survey design. And so that's something that's a little bit outside the box, but will certainly add value to my organization. Excellent, those are great things to consider for sure. Um, I like your experience as well as you're thinking in terms of where well, you're more operational today, but you're thinking perhaps in the future, I want to also develop that lateral skill set around IT or something like it. So that becomes an encouragement as well to not only think strategically, but also to think about what is going to enhance your knowledge and your credentials in that respect. Now let's let's switch a little bit and, and think in terms of our communication, right? So yes, you have acquired all this knowledge, you are great in terms of interacting with your clients, and now we need to communicate results. And then we have this thing called the audit report. So uh, even though the standards don't say you have to write a report, but the standard within the industry, using the word standard differently now, the, the prevailing practice is we write this report. And as luck will have it, we've built a, a history, which we're moving away from, but the history has been the longer the better. How about 50 pages? Well, 50 because I, you know, 60 is just, come on, right? But Al, what do you think about those reports? What can we do to make those communications better? 
Yeah, I did an article, um, you know, maybe a couple of years ago called for shock value, the death of the internal audit report. And I mean, I concluded in the end, you know, it's sort of like the king is dead. The king is dead. Long live the king. In the end, it's not really going to go away for most of us. But there was, you know, the shock value to make the point. A couple of things I'd say, you know, people have heard me say some of these things before, but we tend to fall into the trap of writing audit reports because of what we want to say, not what people actually need to hear. We do it from ourselves out. It becomes a, the proof, the tangible proof about you know what we did, you know, and why we did it, and how we did it, and that, 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 you know, and you know, and the way I, the way I tell people is, you know, what do people really need to know, not what do we want to tell them, and then secondly, mm -hmm. if you can't, if someone can't at least do a good job scanning the highlights of the audit report on a mobile device, then we've we've lost our all we've already lost our audience it, the days are long gone when you know the audit report is going to show up in some inbox in some executive's office so that when they're working through their physical paper inbox they're going to you know they're going to say oh i'm so excited the audit report's here let me stop everything else and read this no the reality is they're flitting from one meeting to the other and, oh, if something came from Jamie, it's got to be important. We've set the stage. So I will take a quick look at it and say, I need to read this in more, more thoroughly later, as opposed to pff, internal audit. Okay, so what do we got to talk about today? You know, we've got to change the dynamic. And, it, you know, because we want, you know, the audit reports are useless if they're not read. Those are such important points uh, and definitely want to go back and dig a little bit further into some of these. But first, let's take a break. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. We were just talking about audit reports, and Al, you mentioned something very interesting, and that has to do with people reading so much of what they receive via their phones. And that, of course, is going to uh, invite us to make it shorter and, and get to the point. So from that perspective, then, I I'm very curious about that idea of what might that look like then, because we already agree that long reports are not the way to go. But I will imagine that the content itself and where we place the key takeaways need to be packaged differently. So what are your, some of your thoughts related to that particular aspect of it in terms of how you make it so impactful that if they are scanning through their phone emails, they'll see this and say, okay, what is this about? And walk away with what they need to know. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the proverbial one page audit report, we may not issue an audit report in one page, 
but can the salient points, the proverbial executive summary, can the salient points come across in one page? And it entices someone because we've done such a good job to want to come back to read the rest later. Can I cat? Can I digest the key issues in you know? And and if it can fit on one page, then it can be read on a mobile device. And I think that that is an important thing for us to consider because as we usually look at how technology influences what we do for work, and you know, we can talk about data analytics, and we can talk about. Uh, paperless uh, uh, reviews and, and all of these other things. So when we're talking about the report itself, I think we also need to look at technology and think in terms of how are they consuming it and how can we basically use it to our advantage? So, uh, Jamie, what are your thoughts about uh, the audit report and how we can go about making it more readable and uh, more to the point and actionable too? Well, first of all, I agree 1000% with how everything that Hal shared, especially the part about making sure that we're writing for our audience and what they need to know instead of writing what we want them to know or what we feel like talking about because we want credit for it or whatever reasons. Mm -hmm. So very much agree with that. I will say I go to a lot of conferences where I hear people say your audit report, thou shalt not write more than three pages. And I kind of hate that too. I think that we need to write the amount that is relevant for our readers. Something that we've played around with a lot at Quick Trip is issuing multiple reports. So issuing reports for different audiences. If I'm issuing just one audit report for all of my different audiences, well, some people are going to get way more information than they need, and some people are going to get not nearly enough information. So we'll usually have a report that we issue just to our direct audit client, and that has all of the details in it. And then we have our management report that goes to senior management and the audit committee, it's at a bigger picture level. Now, when we do consulting reviews, it's also very different. We'll issue a one-pager report that goes just to the audit committee that is a, this is kind of what we did, here's the big picture takeaways, and then we have detailed reports. So we try to make sure that we're being very thoughtful and that we're giving them the information they need. What we wanna be careful about though, I've heard auditors say that they're getting away from audit reports even, and they're just issuing test results. I personally don't love that. I, I kind of hate it, honestly. I want to make sure that I'm not just pointing out the test results or issuing a list of recommendations because then the audit committee or the client or management sees that and says, well, this is all bad. The sky is falling. I think it's very critical that we be pointing out things that have improved since the last time we did the audit, things that they're doing particularly well, even things that we would call best practices or strong practices that maybe could be shared with other departments. And so I do think that it's important to make sure that you're prioritizing that in your audit report as well, which may sometimes mean that it's longer than two pages or three pages, but it's critical to have in there. Another thing that I think is important is the way that we sequence the information. Just like Hal said, we need that one page executive summary and that should be the first page of our audit report. So at least if they get the big takeaways, it's at the front. And then if there is anything that's less critical, we're putting it at the end. So if they don't get to it, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, a key thing I, I want to just jump in and share with that too that was running through my mind is it depends on what your organization's culture is. Right. You want to be in step with the culture and the way the culture digests information. If it's, you know, give me the give me the headlines, you know, and the fingers are snapping, you know, when move, 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 then you, you know, issuing a 40 page audit report is just like you're out of step with the culture. Yes. If the culture is deliberative, it's highly regulated, 
and there are expectations about detail, well, it's not believable if there's no detail, then you do on a one-page Reader's Digest version with just maybe at a step with the culture too. So, you know, just because we want to do something, it's, you know, it's begin with the end in mind. What do our readers need? And being in step with the culture is another key point. So sorry to jump in, but I felt that was important. It is. And, and just to, to build on that a little bit, uh, there are some, you mentioned regulated industries. You also have in the public sector sometimes where the reports are also uh, available on a website for the entire community to read. So you need to provide enough background for everyone to understand everything that transpired. So, uh, so yes, absolutely. Very important point there too. So, so as we're thinking about uh, communicating, uh, part of that, uh, and if we're going to also be somewhat minimalistic, if, if that is a general direction we need to go and want to go based on our culture and needs, then we also need to think in terms of how we are perceived by our clients. And I will imagine that part of that also has to do with how we build that character or that image within the organization. So how can we become more authentic and, and, and be more trusting and trustworthy within the organization? Uh, Al, what are your thoughts about that uh, and how we can go about nurturing that image? Yeah, I talk about uh, recently, I've talked about being more vulnerable, you know, and I don't know that that's in the, you know, if you're, if you're a reader, you know, it's not necessarily in the Brene Brown type of view of vulnerability, but, you know, we, we, we tend to, if I hark back to one of the other things we talked about, industry knowledge, we tend to want to not demonstrate to others what we don't know. We want to be acting like we're all knowing. And, and, and at the same time, we want, we want to be this trusted advisor, you know, and if people know you're snowing them, they know you really don't know what you're talking about, then how are you going to get to a level of being trusted? And if you're not trusted, you're not going to be a trusted advisor. So, you know, know what you know, be authentic. You know, Hernan, I really, you know, tell me more about that. That's not something I'm really familiar with. That's, the, you know, the person's going to say, oh, well, sure, Hal. Let me, you know, let me share with you more because you go back to where we started. You've developed a good relationship and you want that to be a trusting relationship. And so being, being vulnerable, you don't have to know everything. You have to know what you know and know what you don't know and and being authentic um and i think that will get you much further with your relationships and with your career than trying to fake your way through it all the time and i wish i'd listened to my own advice a number of years ago <laughs> well to your point out one of the things that i learned early in my career as well i really to this was you know if, if you don't know say so and go find out uh, and give and return within a reasonable amount of time so, so that's another important practice you can also embrace, and, and that's okay. Uh, that your honesty will be recognized by those who you interact with. So, Jimmy, what are some of the ways that you have gone about doing some of these things as far as becoming more trustworthy and 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 uh, being able to build that image within your organization? Well, I very much agree with Hal on the importance of being vulnerable, and there are a lot of ways that we approach that. One of them, one that I started doing a couple of years ago, is at my audit closing meeting. I've given them a whole bunch of feedback. And so then I give them the opportunity to give me feedback, not just in surveys, of course, but 
face to face and I say, Hey, what could I have done better? Is there anything that I did that was painful for you guys or that was disruptive? How could I do a better job next time? We have that candid feedback. And I noticed since I've started doing that, relationships have improved and people have trusted me more. Another thing that I think is really important is just like Hal said, admitting when we don't know something, but also admitting when we're wrong. I think that can be really hard for people to do. We tend to dig our heels in. And I think the most powerful thing that I can do as an auditor is to say, you know, I looked this up. You're right. I had bad information or I missed this. I'm so sorry. And there are times that I apologize and I just say, you know what? I missed this. I'm sorry. I messed up. It won't happen again. And then I make sure I'm taking active steps to fix it. The first time I had to do that, I was devastated. I was like, they're going to lose all trust in me because I had to admit that I made a mistake. The client's going to hate me now. And I, I apologized, talked about what I was going to do to fix it. And my client, it actually grew our relationship and they wanted to work with me more. They respected me more because I'd had that vulnerability because I came to them. Mm -hmm. This is a great ex example of how you can go about and turning what on the surface looked like a negative situation into a positive by, again, being genuine and, and letting them know that you're human, uh, but you're going to, uh, and you take ownership, but you're going to take corrective action as well. Uh, thank you both. Uh, it's really enjoyable talking with you. So thank you very much, Jamie. Thank you, Al. Uh, I definitely feel that this is very productive and our listeners are going to benefit so much from your insights and from your examples. Thank you.